Howdy, sailors. David Blacklock here with the Smarter Charter Bearboat Show. Hi, everybody, and welcome to episode 120 of the show. We will be speaking today to Anouk Sylvestre, who is well known to anybody who has charted in the British Virgin Islands in the last decade or so. The jewelry lady of North Sound, who is now the charter lady of the Southern Caribbean. She and her partner Yaro run a boat down the Grenadines and elsewhere, so she's going to talk about that and about life post-hurricanes and post-coronavirus, we hope. So here is Anouk. We're talking to Anouk Sylvester, who's on... Where are you now? You're on anchor somewhere in the, in the U.S. Virgin Islands. Well, we, we are on a mooring from a friend on Elephant Bay. Okay. And right now I'm watching the sunset. Mm-hmm. And um, I'm watching also an old submarine base there. Right. And um, on my port side. On my starboard side, we have a wreck from a late hurricane. And lots of uh, fish here. Okay. The water, it's really nice. Yeah. Lots of, uh, you know, treasure on the water here. Because there was many wrecks overall. Yeah. So it's not so bad for this pandemic time. I'm not complaining. Mm-hmm. So how is it, how's it um, playing out in St. Thomas? It's pretty. Oh, it, it's been closed for a while. I mean, I saw an iguana downtown. <laughs> she was king of of the center of town. We had lots of uh, shooting, but um, okay. right now everything is bad to norm back to normal. Mm. And people are smiling and they're putting their mask and they're doing their whatever they have to do, but nobody's panicking. It's really uh, uh, like a, a kids back at school. I don't know. I know that the, during the old time they were at the sailing school. Okay. Because I saw their little boat, their little optimist and laser going in and out. So I'm not sure if the school probably started again. Yeah, I oh. hope for the mothers. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Yeah, our, our, our grandkids all went back to school. Uh, oh, this, good. This week, everybody went back. And then, of course, promptly... They had to shut a few schools because some kids had the had the COVID virus, and they had to shut them down. So, yeah. Anyway, we're we're getting to uh, we're getting to a point. This weekend we start we offer our house uh, for Airbnb, so we're getting our first guests in many months going to show up. That's great. Yeah, That's yeah we'll news. see how it goes. Yeah, and then you can just adapt to this new situation, you know, be a little more careful. And but it it is it is going to be good. It's going to be okay. Well, what's amazing? We're like we're on a river, and usually there's like jet skis every every all day, every day, or or pleasure yeah. boats going up and down, you know, power boats. But there's been nothing, nothing, hardly at all. And the birds have arrived from god knows where there's birds everywhere you know eagles um i had uh 15 magpies in the yard this morning i don't know what they're doing but they're 
<laughs> making the most of it. It's quiet out there. You well, know? you know that's how it is. They're take they're everywhere around the world. I've been watching on Facebook. I mean, the bears in West <laughs> Side Canada are, you know, in downtown. Yeah. You know, yeah. and the seals are on sailboats and. <laughs> We had ducks here on the boat. They come on board. Oh, yes, yeah, yes, yeah. So it must be hard for them to walk around on the boat with their feet, you know. They're just very polite. They just wait there at the entrance. <laughs> and they wait for their little... So, I mean, the animals... I mean, here in the Virgin Islands, the turtles have been hatching eggs mm. everywhere. And Martinique, too. So yeah. that gives them a chance, you know. And there's nobody on the beach and everything. Well, it hasn't been, I guess. It hasn't been so much. In BVI, they have hours. I don't know how it works. I think it's in the morning, and that's it. Uh, so you've been down, you've been down uh, island most of the last year or so, I guess. Yes, I've been down island since um, 2018. I came in April for a whole month and we sailed from USVI all the way to Martinique. Okay. And there are uh, a section of our sail ripped and so that was the end of the voyage. We had it mm. had mm. fixed. Okay. But um, when I went back to Canada to teach sailing for the summer and then I came back in September and we finished the trip from Martinique all the way down to Grenada. And mm. it was and that's really your base of operations now. You're working out of. Uh, yes. Next winter we we'll, we're going to be in the Grenadines. Mm. And uh, we're going to offer. You can actually start in Grenada and uh, go to the different islands like uh, Myro, Tobago Keys, Union, um, maybe uh, a little bit of uh, Saint Lucia, and back down to Grenada. Or what you could do is, for example fly to Martinique and go to St. Lucia, St. Vincent, Bequay, you know, and go all the way down to Grenada and take the plane from there. Sweet. So, That's yeah, the second plane is not so popular, but it's because people are, have a tendency to go back to where they came from, but right. hopefully it will work. And it's really, really amazing, wonderful, yeah. Yeah. The water is so clear, the coral reefs are so amazing, everything is so untouched, like it used to be many years ago. It's not so commercial, and it's genuine uh, Caribbean, you know? Right. Well, sometimes you get, I hear people talk about um, security issues, you know, in the southern Caribbean, I don't know, you know. Thievery, bad people running around. Like, uh, Yarrow, my captain, my boyfriend, the love of my life, he's been there many, many years. He's got friends all over the place. Everybody knows him. When he comes in the harbor, he goes and he like <laughs> he slaloms around the boat. Hey, brother! And he screams and he goes and everybody knows him and we never had any problem. Yeah, yeah. No. You hear these things and you just wonder what people are freaking out about something, you know. So, you spent, I mean, I'm just going to say that we we had this conversation a couple of days ago, 
and we went over everything and it was a wonderful conversation and we laughed a lot and it was great stories but there was a technical issue and now we have to do it again so a lot of the spontaneity may have gone out of our our um, discourse but we'll try the last time i'm drinking no no not at all the last time i was drinking wine now i'm drinking rum so it should be just as much fun (laughs) excellent okay so let's start again at the beginning i mean you came down to the virgin islands in what what in in early 1980s or something My first year was in 1984, and uh, my boyfriend, the father of of my son, um, was selling trips in the wintertime in the the BVI. Mm -hmm. And he said, if you sell a trip, you can come for free. (laughs) And soon enough, I I sold a trip. I came for free, and I was there during the Christmas holiday. And I made myself very, very useful on the boat. At the same time, my parents had gone to Greece to buy a boat. And um, they were so happy. They stick their children to university and they were not worrying about us anymore. (laughs) Except that coming January, I was just 19. um, The partner of my boyfriend at the time dropped. He he, he said, I don't want to do this anymore. I don't like the islands. I'm a city man. I'm going back to Montreal. So he said, can you, he said, Anouk, can you help me? Can you become captain of one of the boats? Mm. And I said, well, I have school. Oh, I said, oh, forget (laughs) it. Just quit. (laughs) Oh, I called my mother and I said, uh, I quit school and I'm doing what you're doing in Greece. So it was not very popular, but. So how how old old were you at the time? 19. Uh, Okay. From that moment on, you became a permanent fixture in the Virgin Islands? Yeah, I would. Well, I I did. I was crew on the boat. Like the other day, I told you about my story where I had no choice to become captain uh, right. for a week because they separated from me. Um, they were like party goers, and the two boats went to Jos van Dyke to have their New Year's Eve, where my boat, they were more like Toronto, more quiet people, and they wanted to stay at Cooper Island. Except I knew how to sail, but in Canada, I mean, you don't anchor so much you just go to marinas so i didn't know how to anchor a boat and so that's where i ran into so much trouble trying to anchor a boat i had to knock on some neighbors uh and and you know beg please can you come and anchor my boat for me i don't know how (laughs) so So, So, yeah but at, at that time were there any moorings around the place like there are today no no, and you, it's, you know, there was no moorings and everybody anchored everywhere. And if there was just a little bit of wind, it was a real spaghetti. I mean, everybody would get entangled into each other. And mm. it was just like, uh, we would always be going out there and helping them. And But, you know, at the time, people didn't have so much of expensive boat either. And they wouldn't be so worried about their gel coat like now right. so it was, it was not the end of the world 
Now, was it all private boats or was it people were chartering? No, there was many charter companies. Mm-hmm. Um, okay. The OCSY. and We used to rent sailboats from St. Thomas. Okay. And if we happened to like break down in Anigada, we would call them and say, oh, the engine broke. What, you know, can you send a repairman? So, no, we don't have such thing. <laughs> and they would tell us, good luck. So then for the rest of the week, we had the guests on board and we would do everything just by sail, which yeah. was fine. Mm-hmm. We would anchor by pushing the boom towards the wind and and going <laughs> reverse like that. And it worked. Yeah, yeah. That's good. Yeah. <laughs> well, I mean, yeah, I know the moorings was was in business then and and, and it was all monohulls and probably no catamarans until... What, the 90s, maybe? Yeah, they just popped up, like, much later, mm. these catamarans. It was mostly sloop, like, Benetos and um, um, the old Morgans. And, uh, you had one of them, one of those charter boats. You had the Golden Crown. That was yeah, a charter yeah. boat. Well, that was a great boat, Golden Crown. That was like a um, cheap version of a Holberg Rassi or something. Same design. It was a great boat. Yeah, yeah. In the inside, and it yeah. had all the cabins and the heads that we needed. And yeah, I love that boat. I did, I did a few charters on that boat, and it worked very well. You know, very basic. One one shower. One. It didn't even have a shower. It had a sort of, but it was one that we sat on the toilet kind of thing. <laughs> but uh, was, yeah, that was great. That was that was a 1985 model. Wow. So, so that was right about when you were there. Yeah, I remember we uh, sailed with you to Anigada. Yeah, yeah, like, absolutely. Yeah, that was a great trip. Yeah, we had a, a that, lot of fun. <laughs> that was pretty much just after I got it, I think. Oh, and, really? Um, and then um, she didn't survive Irma. She was on the hard... Oh, no. and, and got impaled by jack stands, I think was what happened. It's a bad story. <laughs> so uh, you were living on land then, or were you... You said something about living about Trellis Bay. You were living there yeah, for a while. Yeah, after, after we chartered for two years, we decided to start a business, and then we started living on land, or sometimes we had boats. Um, we, um, we needed a shop, and um, I, there was a room there next to Jeremy's windsurfing school. Mm-hmm. And so we decided to start, you know, repairing that. And we put a roof on there and there was a big forest. So we cut a few trees so that the people could see us on the land. And um, we, we asked if we could rent it. And there was a man there. Uh, I won't name, name him, but anyway... Um, and uh, he says, sure, you can rent it. And we used to pay him rent for six months in a row, not knowing that he was just a gardener there. He didn't own the place. <laughs> <laughs> that so, sounds right. So anyways, um, we I used to go sell my jewelry and my dinghy from there in Trellis Bay and go to all the different boats. And uh, it was really fun job, you know, at happy mm-hmm. hour. Everybody was happy to see me, and 
the, the people, there was the chef or the skippers, they were really nice and welcoming. And over the years, I met all kinds of funny, interesting people. I remember seeing their, um, remember the the Kwan La, the biggest catamaran in the world at the oh, time? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Whatever happened to Kwan La? Still there. Yeah, okay. It's still there. That's massive. And, uh, I remember like going there and there was an orchestra on the deck, like a ring. <laughs> Harmonica thing like of Boston or something. They were playing this beautiful music. <laughs> I mean, all kinds of things. Or you know what was popular in those days? The the spinnaker flying. People would yeah. just start swinging on the spinnaker yeah, yeah. and making some kind of Cirque du Soleil acrobacy there. It was really cool. It's funny you talk about an orchestra. I remember one time being anchored up just when you come in to North Sound, you go, you know, um, on the left is that, I forget the name of the island there now, but just anchored in there. And then on the point where you go around towards um, Saber Rock, there was, there's a beach there and there was um, there's like a, a sort of a, show, a restaurant kind of thing or a, a space but one day we came in late anchored and there was some activity going on on the beach they were building a stage and there was all sorts of people coming and going and and so we went past there we went around and we had dinner at Sabre Rock and then we came back and we could hear this music playing and we're like I know that you know and it was um, Michael McDonald from yes. uh, like what a fool believes and all that stuff. He's yeah, playing on the beach. Cool. I was there. I was there. Yeah, I couldn't. Be- I mean, I couldn't believe it. We just sat there in a dinghy for like for an hour or something. I was there in a dinghy too. We just watched. <laughs> they did the sandbox and they had the the the, the show going on. And yeah. It was like we were all drifting in our dinghy and drinking and holding yeah. each other. Oh yeah, that was so cool. <laughs> <laughs> that was, and apparently it was because there was a there was a pretty fancy motor yacht anchored right there, and it was. Is that why? And oh. it was um, the his the man. It was his wife's uh, birthday, and she loved Michael McDonald, and okay. uh, he happened to be, I think, playing in at St. Thomas at the jazz festival, oh, and he okay. and he got him to. To come over and do a show. There were dancing girls, and that was very. That's a funny thing. Yeah, yeah. They, they were. They were the years. That's right. And you, by that time, I mean, you. When did you move up to North Sound? Well, my son was about six or seven year old, so around a little bit after two thousand. Okay. I, moved, I took Beyond the boat you bought. Yeah, yeah, yeah. With a lady that was a skipper. And my cat and my son, and we sailed her all the way up to North Sound. <laughs> and I was tired of Trellis Bay, and yeah. I wanted to move, and I went to live there in North Sound, and it was really nice. Another country. Did you live on Beyond at the time? I lived on Beyond, but I, yeah, I lived on Beyond for a month or two. 
-hmm. And then my friend Mike joined us on the lovely Jubbly boat. Okay. He said, well, we would be more comfortable if you came on the lovely Jubbly boat because on the Beyond boat, the electricity was not so so good and the toilet didn't work. (laughs) (laughs) That was a sad boat, really, but anyway. She was a pretty boat. I mean, she was antique with oil. Oil lamp and a little. She she had so much charm, but oh god. And a lot of rust. Yeah. (laughs) Steel boat. Yeah. Never buy a steel boat. (laughs) I don't know. I I I think she's probably still there, lying on the beach at West End. There, you know. She was prisoner of the the marina. Yeah. Yeah. And then he died, I think, the guy that owned the marina, or the, that managed the marina. Oh, I, I don't he went know. back to Canada. Anyway, yeah. another adventure. But, uh, yeah, so you must you must be you're known to thousands of people around the world. It's an amazing thing. Everybody that went through that part of the world met you, did business with you. People talked about you. People always talk about, you know, oh, we went up to North Sound, we met a nuke, you know. And um, that's, you know, as you say, that was uh, a t- it was a time, a certain time. And that's, I guess it's all over now or it's changed so much. But you... But to explain to the people who listen to us, they, they probably don't know what we're talking about. But what I oh. used to do is put all my handcrafted jewelry in little basket and put them in my dinghy. And then head to a boat, and yeah. people were sitting in their cockpit drinking rum and wine. And then I would arrive and propose them my jewelry, and they were like drunk, so they would buy it, right? <laughs> and so there was the jewelry lady. Everybody remember the yeah. jewelry lady? Well, I never saw you at night. I used to see you always in the morning. You yes, catch everybody was- before they left. Yeah, well, you know, in North Sound it was different because ha- happy hours was big at Saber Rock. You know, yes. remember they they fed the tarpon fish yeah, there, yeah, 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 yeah. and so everybody would gather there. So I thought maybe in the morning was a better time for me to okay. sell the jewelry. Yeah. <laughs> so you you must have seen a lot of changes over the years in um, boats and what people wanted to do I think people sail a lot less now or did oh, in recent yeah. years they like to get places and do things you know yeah it is so sad like for my friend like a yacht shot guy he used oh, to yeah. take that was such a good business I mean he used to go and take picture of people sailing go right. back to home and develop the picture in his um Black and white uh, room with, uh, you know, remember this old method? And then he would go back there in the morning and propose the picture to them. Right. And they would buy it. So people sail in those days. Now he has a really hard time finding a boat with sails up. Right. Nobody sail anymore. They just motor from A to B to C, you know. It's, It's changed. It's just a party place, the BVI now, and yeah. <laughs> it's more like a condo party place. And also now you have to rush to get a mooring ball. 
so that because everywhere is so crowded so if you don't hurry up and go there then you don't get a place in the night it's, well it's, were you there when uh, Bodhi Ball got established yeah Bodhi Ball we, we tried to order one but it's like trying to find a needle in a haystack I mean you can't yeah. call them soon enough yeah, they're all gone in like a minute every morning. It's crazy. But, I mean, the thing about, about the, the islands is that for as busy as it, as it is, I mean, I always found you just go around the corner and there's somewhere to quiet to drop the hook if you want to, you know. And, That's what we do, yeah. Mm-hmm. You know, but yeah, people like to – people go boating now. You know, we do a lot of um, – the, the books that I write with Michael Domican are, you know, we do Monohull Catamaran and we've just done a, a power cat version, you know, and power cats are, are the biggest category of boat now pretty much or they're, you know, going flat out. Everybody's trying to do power cats because people, that's what people want to do. Just go on a boating adventure, you know, and you can, you know, just diving and, kiteboarding and all that sort of thing you can do which well, is pretty you know, I respect that you know people are people they they work so hard and then mm. they have this little time maybe like they're exhausted they, they come on vacation they want to enjoy themselves they have only one week they want to see everything in like five days so these power cats they go fast yeah <laughs> And I mean, this is a product for every kind of people. There's the sailors, there's the boaters, there's the divers. I mean, the only thing I have a hard time is when people spend like $25,000 for a week to come on the all-inclusive air conditioning beautiful boat. It's a lot of money. I can't believe this is possible that people have so much money. $25,000 $25,000 would buy you a sailboat for 10 years. C'est la vie. C'est la vie. Yeah. I remember I, I did I took a journalist at one one time. He was there writing a story on the power cat. And we were in Anagata. We left Anagata early, went to North Sound. Didn't want to be there. So... I said, well, let's we'll, we'll we'll just swing all the way down to White Bay on Yost Van Dyke. So we we motored all the way down to Yost, got to White Bay, and that that only took a couple of hours, and there was um there was it was jam full. So he said, I I don't want to be here. It's too busy. So then we shot over to Norman Island. So we did the whole of the BVI. Oh, gosh. From, started at eight o'clock. And we got to Norman Island by about three, you know. Wow. <laughs> I was like, well, that was easy. You know? yeah. Usually it took a week to do that. Yeah, but, it took um, a whole week to do it sailing, right? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> but, uh, but it was very interesting to see how easy it was to do, you know. You could just go to a place, spend, I mean, we spent maybe an hour in, 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 in White Bay and went ashore, looked around, but it was just, nuts it was one of those busy days and um went to norman found a little quiet little corner and relaxed you know and that's that's the the great uh, advantage of those boats for 
But, you know, as you say, people, have, they've got a short amount of time. And half the time they're working anyway. They've got to check in with their office or they do whatever they do. You know, so everyone's you, got to you get your sailing. Wi-Fi and, you know. Did you teach sailing? Yeah. Oh, yeah. I think it's, I mean, you know, I teach sailing to kids in Magdalene Islands in the Maritime. And I think it teaches more than just sailing and teach them you know, uh, teamwork, confidence in themselves, science, physics. Um, it teaches them how to be brave and not scared. And it, it teaches them so much things. It's also sad that people don't sail anymore. I mean. Yeah. Well, there's, there's incredible life lessons in sailing, too. You know, you, you, know, you have to adjust your sails to match the wind and, and you know if, it's, if there's too much wind you've got a reef and sometimes you just can't go in a particular direction it's not going to let you you know or whatever you know you have to adapt to circumstances quite a lot yeah. incredible uh, life lessons patience you know doing things correctly and all that sort of thing the old so, lifestyle that goes with it and mm, mm, yeah but it's interesting now is that it's been a lot more democratized. You know, people, there, there was so much special language that went with it and kind of a stuffy sort of attitude, you know. And you had to learn all these phrases and terms and, you know. So, but now, you know, like a toilet is a toilet. People don't talk about head so much, you know, and all those sort of things. and. And the boats have become much more like a, like a house, you know, like an apartment or you a know, hotel when, room. Um, you know. a, a replica of the Endeavor that came to Rotom. Mm-hmm. And we were allowed to visit it. It was like a little museum. And they would give us a, a guide tour yeah. of how the Endeavor was in those days. And they told us that the head was called like that because... It was like a tall ship, and in those days, you had to poop on the front of the boat because right. the boat was going downwind, so you wanted the smell to go that way, <laughs> so it was called a head. That's right. You learn all these words. They would say, what's a square meal? And then we went down below, and we saw they were fed into like little square plate. So that's where the, the name square meal came. Okay. And then... Uh, would stay like sleep tight at night. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. They were all like beds that they had to like pull the ropes every night so that the bed was more comfortable. Okay. And they would, like, was this like a to... hammock or something? Yeah, like like a, a a bed made of ropes. So you had to tight these these rope. That's why they said sleep tight at night. And <laughs> so. <laughs> So interesting, yeah. <laughs> uh, now you're you're down island doing charters. You know, do you what sort of people do you get down there? Mostly Europeans in down south. I mean, mm. once in a while American, but for some strange reason, the Americans prefer to go to U U S islands. Right, right. But um, we'll have some repeat uh, customer try a new place, you know, so they will yeah. come down to the Grenadine with us. And, is it mostly uh, f- uh, French or what no, do you the get, Grenadine French, Germans, your, your clients? 
your、um, oh, you know, the, it's so interesting. People in Europe travel from. It can be Czech. It can be from Russia.、Oh. It can be Polish. It can be Germans. It can be Norwegian or Swedish people.、Okay. Um, oh. It can be French. Yeah, people just they come. They come、mm-hmm. from everywhere in Europe to,、mm. to travel on the boat, and they're interested about everything. Yeah. Yeah. They、mm. like to. Snorkel. They're not afraid. They're they're tough. You know, they do a lot of outdoorings over there. So、right. they mind doing an eight hours between, like, let's say Martinique and Saint Lucia, can be a long time, and it's fine. They're happy to do it.、Mm-hmm. You maybe sail at night one time to get、okay. there, and then the other islands are closer to each other. So then it's very comfortable and. You just visit all these little like there's one island we go. It's called Baliso, and it's an island where there's a lot of land turtles and hundreds of them. And just we go there and we it's far out. It looks like another planet. It's very fun. Or we go to islands that have a like Bikwe. It's、okay. very ritzy.、Mm-hmm. Bikwe like.、Um, They are very traditional there. They have like the whale catching and the、mm. fishing. They build boats like in the old ways. But also there is a promenade like on the on the shore. It, it's very very long, like a long boardwalk around the rocks. And there's restaurants all over. And then you can hear some classical music there. And it's very rippy. You would love it, David. Seriously.、Yeah, yeah. Bigway. Well, they're still allowed to catch whales there, aren't they, in Bigway? Yes, but、um, they have to fish it like the traditional way. Okay. And、um, from generation to generation, it's not so much passed on. So now the young people don't know how to do it. The last time they almost catch a whale,、uh, they hook it, but they didn't know what to do, and、um, the boat was dragged all the way to Saint Vincent. <laughs> they had to release it. So yeah, it's a lost art, I think. Yeah. yeah. One thing I, I've been fascinated here in Australia, which is where I am, the the local, the indigenous uh, Aboriginal, uh, there's one area like a, a a big bay where, for probably thousands of years,、um, because there's been Aboriginal presence here for at least sixty thousand years, you know, Australia. And、um, they trained dolphins to the dolphins herd fish into the bay, and、oh. and they they catch the fish in nets, and then they put some aside and feed it to the dolphins. So the dolphins drive all the fish in. The people took what they needed, and then all the rest was for the dolphins. And they did this year after year after year. They still, it still happens, you know. Oh, that's、thing. beautiful! Like teamwork. Very much, yeah.、Oh, we were trying、good. to figure out who started it, you know. <laughs> the, the, and the, how does it work? I mean, <laughs> you know, somebody started talking to the dolphins, you know, cut a deal. But yeah,、that's、it's amazing. This, you know, traditional life, you know. 
Uh, yeah, they're so nice, the dolphins. We see them almost every day when we're down sailing down islands. They come uh-huh. and play in the bow of our boat. Yeah. yeah. And so Martinique, we see a lot of cachalots also. And what's what's, oh, what's cachalot? Cachalot is like a sort of a whale. Oh, okay. It's a small whale. Yeah, it's that, that like uh, Marta's Vineyard whale. You know, oh, okay. Yeah, yeah. Of- I've only really encountered big whales. One, there's only once that I've actually sailed by, close to a whale, and that was off sort of Necker Island in the BVI. But well, you, you had know. a problem with a whale one time that was stuck in a net, no? You had a whale problem. You said this oh. whale is stuck in a net. And you Where was, was that? You said by the bats, like you said, this whale is not moving, and you you came to us with all your whale problems, and <laughs> I was joking. But only Dave has whale problems. You know, people have like emotional problems. They have divorce. You have whale problems. <laughs> yeah. No, I do remember that. It was. It was. It. I don't know how that resolved itself. We had to leave it. I remember. I mean, yeah, we didn't. No. Weird. I, I think I, I called somebody at um, the dive shop on on Virgin Gorda. Oh yeah, they would know what to do. They're really good. Yeah, and they yeah. they said, "Don't worry, we'll we'll take care of it." And they call. I don't know who they call. But um, dive BVI. They yeah, would know yeah. To do. yeah, whales. They're amazing, and they're all they're having a they're enjoying the. Um, the pandemic as well, I believe. I think they're they're doing all right this year. Not because there's so few ships running around crashing into them. You know, they're sort of. Oh wow! They're, they're, everybody's got everybody's taking a break. It's it's kind of um, uplifting, you know. Well, Yarrow of, told me these whales they love to give birds. Um, but in Anigata, between Anigata and Virgin Gorda, is very shallow bottom, and it's all sandy. So they mm. like to just put their belly there and give birth there. Ah. Yeah, they're just comfortable there, you know. Okay. Because I, there's a lot of whales that I think they give birth in around by the Dominican Republic. There's another area. There's a bay where they all go to. Must be the same sort of thing. And then they come up feeding up um, uh, or down in our way, you know, to the to the Virgin Islands. Yeah, oh, but to see see those little babies or big babies, it's very nice. And you were telling me a great story about a dolphin that was doing tricks. What was that? That was in St. Thomas or oh, something. This this is not something I saw, but my very good friend Don Shemkin who used to be manager at the Bitter and Yacht Club. They okay. used to be living in Nainiki. Uh-huh. And one morning, she wakes up and she sees this dolphin doing tricks in the marina. Like going like, <laughs> jumping, making loops and, you know, and, you know, going, doing a show. And people were saying, well, what is this? How is it possible this dolphin's doing all this for us? And then, you know, there's a few good uh, experts in marine uh, biology in, in BVI. And they said, this is not normal. We will call around and see what's going on. And apparently they were filming a movie in St. John with dolphins. 
And what happened during the night? One of the dolphins escaped. Mm. And he traveled all the way to Nanike. And in the morning, he was exhausted. I think a boat propeller hit him. He had little blood on his uh, fin, poor thing. And in the morning, he was very hungry, but didn't, didn't know what else to do than doing the tricks he does to get fed. So he was doing all these tricks. <laughs> Get, get fed. Throw me a fish. Yeah. <laughs> so they had to retrieve the dolphin back to the filmmakers yeah. oh, in Saint yeah. John. You know they yeah. they're very good there and BVI. They have all the experts there. They know what to do. Ah, that was a story. <laughs> so how do you like Saint Thomas? I love it. Mm. I mean you. You you know you wouldn't believe I I always thought all these years that it was a dangerous place. I went there to buy my stuff at the mall and quickly back to BVI thinking it was horrible, uh-huh. dangerous. Blah, blah. But it's not like that at all. I mean, yeah. it's just like people are nice. They're like I mean maybe there's some drug dealing and that's not our world. But mostly people are very helpful. They try to help you with if you have an issue, a mechanic thing, or bring a part. Or and also what I like is you're in the city, you get all your stuff, and then you sail ten minutes, and you're the most beautiful reef. Mm. You see turtles, you see all the fish. They um, they make sure the coral is healthy. And they they have national park right there, everywhere. Trails that you can hike to hieroglyphs, and I love the U.S. Virgin Islands. Right. And I discovered Saint Croix like last year. Okay. When the the first time is full of history. Mm. And there as well, they have a. A national park called Buck Island. You can go there and just reef all around. Um, it's very, I don't know, they were the Dutch there who developed? Danish. Danish. They were the Danish there? Danish was And so the city is, the, is exactly like uh, it is on the mainland. And it's got this field you know, of European, right. uh, the shopping, they make jewelry there that's so beautiful out of uh, pottery that they find next to the old plantation. Okay. And, you know, the, the old Danish pottery. And also they're into making jewelry out of lionfish wings and stuff. <laughs> oh, that's so, good. Yeah, that's interesting. Uh, yeah. yeah, it's another world. I love Saint Croix as well. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I, I really got to because everybody looked down their nose about uh, Saint Thomas, particularly, but in the U.S. islands. But I really appreciated because they're part of the U.S. The they have a lot of environmental protections that. They may be endangered now with the, the way things are in the U.S., but for a long time, you know, all the reefs were taken care of, and the, as you say, <clears throat> and the national parks are all, like St. John is 
pretty pretty amazing. It's too bad that they said. The, I was just going to say it's pretty amazing, and they, everything is possible here. Like you see this bar where the guy bicycled the people drinking. Everybody bicycle while they're drinking. It's like a floating <laughs> bar that you propel by bicycling. Like That's the, going the, the, oh, Say that again. I don't, I don't know that one. Yeah, it's just new. I mean, it's like a bar. You sit there on your bicycle and you drink your rum, whatever. Everybody's oh, those big, those big floating bikes with the big fat wheels that you. Oh ride. yeah. <laughs> that, those bikes. Or or they have like underwater motorcycle, and you can go snorkeling like that. It's very funny. Well, hopefully but, I mean, that, you know. It, it is so sad because everything was revolving around the cruise ship. Mm. And I would tell you, in February, I we went with our little dinghy through a corridor of cruise ship. Mm. It was just very impressive. There was like probably six in the bay. Mm. So many people. And now they're not coming anymore. So all mm. these day sail and businesses on the shore that... That's all dead. It's very worrisome. I feel sorry for them. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> Do you, are there any cruise ships toward down Grenada Way? They go there, the cruise ship. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, they do. Mm. But now they're not welcome anymore. For now, yeah. anyway. Right. Yeah. yeah. You wonder how quickly it's all going to start again. I don't know how they're going to manage. It's it's a, it's surreal, David. I don't know this. It's really like a bad dream, but we have to adapt. We have to be strong and be positive, and uh, you know, we'll we'll adapt. Right. My father used to say, "Humans are like rats; they adapt to anything." <laughs> <laughs> well, I saw something. I saw an interview on the on the on the news the, yesterday where this couple who had caught COVID nineteen, they'd caught the virus on a cruise ship. She almost died, and they were talking to them, to the people about their experience, and they were saying, "We can't wait to get back on a cruise ship." You know, that's the best thing. <laughs> I get know. back on your bike. <laughs> yeah. it's that's just funny. the best thing in the world. But, you know, and they were saying, "Well, aren't you worried about?" They said, "Like, no. Nah, if you're worried about catching the flu, you know, like, I'm like, oh my God, this this virus is never gonna go away." Yeah, but anyway, that's them. So, how long are you staying where you are? Are you there uh, for the gonna, winter? No, we're going to be here this summer, and we're going to sail down before hurricane season. We'll go down, maybe mm. Martinique, and then okay. uh, maybe go hide Grenada. It, it depends on all things open. I know right now a lot of people are going to French Guyana to mm. haul their boats up because mm. it's a very good place. To okay. All right. That it's open, and I don't know what we're gonna do. It, we have to wait how all this develops. It's not an easy situation for cruisers because they're not welcome everywhere, and there has been drama at sea. But did mm. you hear about the Canadian that arrived three months later to New Zealand? Yes. Did you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> You have no idea I was going on all that time. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> it's funny so when you mentioned Martinique. I, I, I just remembered. I mean, I, 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 it's not like something I forget. But in 1981, 
I got a, I was living in London and I got a job on a ship on the QE2 that um, went uh, from, went across the Atlantic, went to New York and then went all the way down to Venezuela, to Caracas and back to wow. London again. Wow. And I, and I remember being, we had a day off in, in Martinique and I went to some beach somewhere. It was, had this mass, huge expanse of white sand going to, towards the beach. And I just went by myself. I was so sick of seeing everybody. And I just went down there lying on the beach. And, I, and it was my first real sort of Caribbean experience, you know, just lying there and smelling that smell of sort of salty heat, you know. And wow. uh, it's funny because all these, all these local, all these kids came up to me demanding money, you know, like, stick your hand out, <laughs> give me money. And I was really? and I was trying to trying to speak French to them, you know. Oh, that, oh no, I'm a working I'm a worker. I work on the boat. I don't have any money, <clears throat> you know. I was yeah. a wine steward. That was my job. Oh, nice. <laughs> oh, you really did the Well, you know, Martinique is wonderful because they have a f- the all the French product at the grocery yeah. store. Yeah. It comes on the plane and it's fresh and you have all the baguettes and croissants yeah. and yeah. so this is wonderful in Martinique. Um, well, this is amazing because I, I think I'm, I'm, I think there's a plane that flies out like at midnight every night from Paris with with like raspberries or something and it goes they they, they fly oh. them all around the world to Tahiti to you know to Martinique to all the French territories. Got to have your fresh raspberries. That's so cool. Because I was I was young. I had a friend who delivered ice cream with his little private airplane, <laughs> and so we used to fly. It was an Aztec, and we used to fly with him delivering ice cream. So we went to all the different down island with our ice cream. <laughs> Where did the ice cream come from? Puerto Rico. Oh, okay. Okay. So he used to. So we used to go everywhere with them. It was so very much fun to see the islands from the air. You know? Yeah, yeah. Uh, yeah. <laughs> How often would he do that? Ah, he would come uh, mostly maybe once a month. I would not always okay. go with them, yeah. but sometimes a month. Yeah. <laughs> That's And if, if he didn't sell the ice cream, then we had to eat it. Uh, okay. <laughs> <laughs> So yeah, what, what's happening next? How well, right now we are we are happy to go down island soon. I mean, at the end of the summer. Okay. And and to join, we have friends there. I took some dance lesson down there in Martinique with yeah. a friend who's a very good teacher, and um, you know, we're, we're you, just uh, carrying. Are you waiting there until the hurricane season goes? To the hurricane season's done with, or are you moving? No, before? we have some some friends and family over on the boat. Yeah. Charter bits, so we will do like some U.S. Virgin Island trip around mm. this summer, and right. then uh, then we'll go down. Yeah. Okay. We're just waiting for everything to open and become a little more normal. You know. Right. So, what's closed? The BVI is closed still? 
They're still closed, but now um, BVI lender or work permit holder are able to get out and come back in. Okay. But it's not open to tourists yet. Yeah, they will open okay. maybe September. They're they're very protective over there of their children, and they yeah, yeah. they don't they're they they are very timid. It's a little bit like the Cook Island are the same way. They have been closed the whole time, and there's no COVID there. Right, but yeah, then yeah. The, economy, the economy is horrible. But mm. yeah, so BVI. What about Saint Martin? Saint Martin's open. Okay. Um, I think there was a very much trouble between the Dutch and the French side. So you had to okay. kind of have show your passport there uh, if you want on the French side. Or if you want like to move your boat or something. No, I mean, there was a border. You could just not <laughs> go from one side of the island to the other. Okay. Yeah, okay. So complicated. So and all so all the islands are pretty shut still, like Anguilla and Antigua. So Anguilla, what you what you can do, I mean, because it changes every day. I don't want to say something wrong. What you can do is go to Noon Site, and in right. Noon Site, tell you up to date what right. what's open, yeah, yeah. what's yeah. not, and what you can go visit, and what's the protocol, and right. so yeah, that's the way to do it. But if you were voyaging, if you were sailing through, you couldn't just pull in and get fuel or something. I have no idea. I mm. mean, um, I know it's kind of hard to go in Dominica waters. Right. They, they will push you out. But yeah. maybe it's changed. Uh, everybody's experience is different. Yeah. You have so to have a plan before you go somewhere. You cannot just pop in. Hello, I'm here. Yeah. You know, you have to... Announce yourself. You're right. coming. Like, like if you if you're in a, uh, a private boat, if you're sailing around and you're approaching Australia, you have to make contact with 48 hours before with all of your details. Tell them, you know, your your the port that you're headed to, your, your all the the information about the people on your boat, all that stuff. And they they have to have a like a full file on you before you can even enter Australian waters. You know, they're very strict. Yeah, well, that's going to be the new normal, I think. But then. Australia is the same. But Australia always like that. <laughs> My Yaro just said the same thing. <laughs> I just said the exact same thing than you. Yeah. He's been Good there. Powder. Yeah. He used to sail in down the, you know, Asia and Australia, and yeah, so he yeah, knows. Yeah. Yeah. But New Zealand's pretty strict too. So, but they, yeah. we're opening up between Australia and New Zealand probably first um, of June, so that oh. Kiwis can come to Australia and Australians can go to New Zealand. So it's um, that'll be a big experiment. I, when I was little, we made some very good friends in Trellis Bay, and for seven years they grew up together. They were on the, a boat called the Flying Circus, and they were oh, American. I know that boat. Yeah, yeah. Remember this boat? It was like an old Bahamian wooden boat, yeah. blue yeah. and white. Yeah, those were my son's very, very good friends. 
And the dad was very worried about maybe World War Three, and he kept saying, we have to move to New Zealand, we have to move to New Zealand. And he was a uh, boat builder. And okay. uh, finally, they moved there. They live there now. They're very mm -hmm. happy there. Yeah. Okay. Uh-huh. And in Newcastle, they are. Yeah, yeah. We've been talking for an hour. Yeah, so that's the jewelry lady life. I'm yeah. not doing that anymore. I just make jewelry for fun now. Uh, do, but, do you do you keep in contact with any many of the people that you met through your endeavors? Well, I do. I mean, I have my very good friends. They're all spread all over the world now. Right. Yeah. Um, but uh, my customer, sadly, I don't remember everybody. And it was in the time where people didn't have Facebook and yeah, yeah. you know, you you just knew someone by their nickname and you never. Right really took address <laughs> and I wish I knew where they were and you know what they're they're doing now and how their life turned out I mean I've got friends from all around the world I remember sometime we had met some Italians that invited us many times for dinner on their boats and um, they went they ran out of money and they decided to cross the ocean and but they went too early, and uh, they they hit a big storm in the Atlantic, and their boat sunk, and they were able to deflate that uh, dinghy for us, for you know when your your boat sink, you go in that dinghy, and they were in the life raft, you call it, and they were in the sea for seven days, and then a <laughs> Boeing spotted them, a Boeing, an airline. Yeah, yeah. The, the Boeing called a freight ship and the the freight ship went to pick them up and they brought them to South Africa. <laughs> so there they were. They had yeah. no money. They were in the bathing suit. They only had like enough money to call their mother in Italy and so she could wire them some money <laughs> so they could go home. And so we got a postcard from them. We're alive, and that was it. That sir, it reminds me of something you told me about your your mother and father sailing, uh, sort of when he um, had a an adventure. Oh yeah, my father was like, you know, he he, he made a lot of mistakes while sailing. He never really learned properly, and and. Um, there was water coming in through the shaft in the boat and he was trying to fix it from the inside, but it didn't work. So he said I, I, they were off Guadeloupe and he said, I'm going to jump in the dinghy and go fix it from the outside. But what happened, the boat, the dinghy was on David's and when he jumped in the dinghy it was not quite on the water. So the dinghy flipped <laughs> and he he ended up with all the oars and the gas tank floating. <laughs> and he used to smoke the pipe. And he lost his pipe. So he had his jeans and boots and he was looking for his pipe. And by the time he finished looking for his pipe, he was way far away from the sailboat. And so he screamed to my mother and he says, pull the sail down. And you know, that's not what you're supposed to do. Yeah, you're supposed right. to always watch where, you know, the person right. who fell overboard. But she didn't do that. She did exactly what he said. She, by the time she finished pulling the sail down, 
she turned around and she couldn't see him anymore. He was gone. And now, so she was on the boat alone, calling for help, and nobody answered. So she had water coming inside the boat, a flip dinghy, <laughs> sails that were down, and no husband. So finally, a boat came, and some young people from Austria saw that she was in trouble, and she said, I lost my husband. He fell overboard. He said, okay, we're going to look for him. And they went around, and they would zigzag and zigzag and zigzag, and they finally found him. He was, like, barely floating because he he was – I had just my baby just then, and so he, he said, I'm going to swim a little harder so I can meet this baby, hopefully. <laughs> and so he had water in his lungs, and <laughs> – it was cold. It was hypothermia. They had to undress him and lay on him to warm him up. And then finally, they brought him back to my mom. He was smoking. He hadn't smoked in 10 years. And she was so angry at him. So in the same afternoon, she sold the sailboat and they never came back again. Serious. That's a true story. Yeah, yeah, I believe you. What a family. Yeah. And now your son is taking is is also involved in the in, with boats and so forth. Yeah, my son just started a company in BVI and he's looking after boats. Like let's say you have a boat in BVI, you're not allowed to go back to uh. get him get it. So he's offering to it's called a Yacht Smart. Okay. And it, it and, and you can call Yacht Smart and he will look after the boat for you. Um, it's like Gardenage, is that what that's called? Gardenage? Gardenage, yeah, or at anchor. It's just going to make sure the builds are working and yeah, yeah. Yeah, the boat cool. is taken care of, take pictures of it to, make sh- to, to reassure you and, and things like yeah. that. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, it's cool really good. Him. And he, he used to work in salvage after the hurricane. He did a lot of good. I mean, there was so many boats in Nanike that were sunken. And yeah. he used to dive. He was the guy who dove on the wrecks in the oil and the dark water. And he uh-huh. would just put some strap under the boat so that they could pull it up. Okay. And it was very dangerous work. And so that's what he did. I was so proud of him. He did that mm. for like three months. And wow. they used to make a pile, a pile of both those who were not insured and those who were insured. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Oh, yeah. yeah. Oh, my God. I think, I think we have to finish it around here. All right. But thanks. Thanks for doing this again. Okay, friends, that's it for today. Uh, thank you for listening. If you want to check us out on the web, we're at Smarter Charter Guides. That's guide, got an S on the end, dot com or Facebook. This episode is sponsored by the Smarter Charter Bareboat Guides. One edition is designed for the monohull sailor, another for the catamaran sailor, and there's a new power cat version. Available exclusively from Amazon.com in Kindle and paper.